Why do you say that, Father? You aren't afraid, are you? No. But I respect some of the superstitions of others. Often they are founded in fact. Broadcasting live from our Sanctum Sanctorum in Venice, California. This is the Sixth Sense Society. I'm your host, Krista, here with our producer, Michael. And today you're tuning in to Spell It Out, Magic, Reflections, and Shadows, where I take a topic and run with it. Today I am going to be attempting to answer the question I get often as a professional tarot card reader, what tarot deck should I buy? And uh, what they are asking is more related to either prediction or working with tarot in terms of self-discovery and self-development. So this is not necessarily for tarot collecting, which it would be a great topic, actually, how to properly collect for tarot decks. Uh, and then before we get started, I did want to remind people that I'm running a special this month through September 4th on the Venus retrograde i combine astrology and cards to look at how venus retrograde in leo is touching your natal chart and it's a lot of fun so just uh, go to our website to book that reading and then before we get started michael does have a few announcements hi everybody welcome back um just to let everybody know we're going to take a little bit of hiatus this month we've got some stuff going on so we're going to take a little break and we'll be back again at the beginning of September with the next Spell It Out. And then we've got all kinds of great stuff in the works. We're going to have a wonderful show on remote viewing. We're going to have a magic roundtable with some of our magical guests. And, of course, we're getting into the Halloween season. We'll have some of our paranormal friends back on and so forth. So lots of cool stuff to end the year with. And this will be the end of our fifth season, which is really amazing. We'll have to come up with a celebratory show of some sort. And so any suggestions, let us know. Uh, get all the information on our website, sixcentsociety.com, S-A-X-T-H, all spelled out. And while you're there, if you can afford to, buy us a coffee on ko-fi but the biggest thing is if you're watching us on youtube is to click subscribe it makes us happy and you'll get all kinds of notifications when we have when we're on the air live and we have new stuff coming up so best thing you guys can do to help us out so i don't want to take more time because it's a shorter episode today so with that take it away krista great thank you michael and hello to mac for tuning in so uh there are so many more decks out there these days and even when i started uh when did i start in the late mid-1990s, uh, and there was definitely a pretty good selection at that time even. Uh, it can certainly be really overwhelming, actually, even if you're, you, know, you just want to buy one for fun. And rather than tell you, I am going to tell you some of the decks I personally recommend, but I'm going to suggest a method where you can sort of wheedle it down to sort of maybe a half a dozen decks for yourself. And the first thing I want to... Uh, I want you to consider is what constitutes a tarot deck. Uh, it's basically, from my observation, a combination of art and theory. And so the theory part um, can be quite different. So for instance, the theory might be related to the occult, uh, which could include astrology and numerology, uh, uh, I Ching, runes. It could also be connected to a particular religion or spiritual path. And there, therefore, you see like one of my first decks we'll talk about later is the Robin Wood deck, which is a very pagan-oriented deck. And um, so it can be connected to a spiritual tradition or something like that. And um, the arts, I'm going to spend a little time talking about why I think 
the art should be considered in a sort of rational way too, certainly you're going to want to like looking at the deck. It's going to be not a fun experience if you look at the image and go, ugh, you know. <laughs> so that's a that's kind of a given, I would say. Um, but through the years, you know, I started, when I started the tarot, I knew nothing about the history of the tarot. I knew very little about tarot, and there weren't as many books out there as there are now. So my my own journey with the tarot has has gone more deeply into the lineage, into the history, into when certain cards came along. Um, and it's truly deeply fascinating and also very inspiring. So it is no doubt, tarot is no doubt art. And that's why you can also collect it and it can become quite valuable. And so when you're looking at the idea of the art, there are some things I would consider when I would, you know, pick a tarot deck if I was new to this and I wanted to pick something consciously. So the art, I think, ought to somehow connect to the tarot lineage. And I, I've been thinking of a way of, uh, of organizing it according to maybe tarot schools, but I, I don't have it all formulated other than you, you can see... Uh, for instance, maybe the French school where you'd have some of the French, the Tarot of Marseille and Pappas. You have the British or English school where you, you see sort of Aleister Crowley. Um, and then you'd have sort of maybe the uh, early occult schools in general, the mystery schools like Boda. Uh, then you you'd certainly would have sort of modern tarot decks that have consciously tried to um, recreate the imagery, but often with still a respect and also knowledge of what that lineage is. So that's why you might think it's really different, but then you start looking at the images and they kind of remind you of something in the weight deck or the Crowley deck. Um, so I, I think the reasoning for that for me is that there are tarot decks out there, particularly now when you can make them so readily and easily that really they really don't make sense to me as a tarot deck, perhaps as an oracle deck that is inspired in some way by the tarot and that it has 78 cards and 22 of the major arcana. And why I suggest you try to find one that links to the tarot lineage is because you'll get more from it, literally. The tarot, it's been around long enough and it's had enough people, I've talked about this before, that you tap into all of that lineage on a deep level if you work with the lineage and you get information you wouldn't get from some of the tarot decks that really don't have a connection. So again, we're looking at, do you want a tarot deck, you know? And one of the things you can ask yourself, you know, when you go to pick a tarot deck is, again, this is for people, because sometimes you just kind of grab a deck or you're given a deck and that's perfectly fine. These are people, I'm answering the question, you know, what deck do I recommend or what deck should I start with? Just to sort of reiterate that. Um, so when you go to think about what do you think you're going to be doing with that tarot deck? Like right now, because obviously you can change your mind. Are you really fascinated with prediction? Is that really why you want your tarot deck? Are you more interested in self-development and you want to use it as meditation or a daily reminder or, or something like that? Are you even interested perhaps in pursuing a mystery school like Boda or there's other mystery schools throughout um, the tarot's history that have used the tarot designs for really teaching and, and that's a, a wonderful way to do it and I even you know we had on the show we had Ray who uses the tarot that way every day 
Uh, and then, are you just not sure? That's also a category. I don't know, Krista. I don't know what I'm doing here. But so don't, don't worry about it. But but I do think that you want to ask yourself some sort of deliberate questions. And, and, and by the way, um, no no insult to people that sell tarot decks, but not every person selling a tarot deck actually knows a lot. They will learn over time. But I've overheard people say things like the Rider weight is the classical tarot deck. There is no such thing as a classical tarot deck. I mean, if you were to, really going to say what is the most classical, it would be the very first tarot deck, one of the, like, Carrie... Uh, Yale has like a reproduction of the cards, which would be very difficult to read with because of the way the the swords and the the wands look literally the same, I think. Um, but it's a beautiful deck. Uh, so, you know, there isn't, you know, it's complicated. So just remember, they mean well, too. And now some some people do know, but some people really don't. I can they're just kind of guessing because they feel pressured to guess, I guess. Um, so think about, you know, why do you want to use a tarot deck? Now, I was thinking also um, about the idea of what are some of the qualities that I think a great deck has. And um, I already said that I feel like, uh, or I even think, it's not even a feeling, I think that a great tarot deck pays homage in some form to the tarot lineage. And you can often find that out by reading the books that come with the tarot. So for instance, um, one of the decks I'm going to talk about in a little while is the Handel deck. And I had not realized that the creator, who was a German uh, painter, actually consulted Aleister Crowley. <laughs> he, he was uh, alive when Aleister Crowley was before he did his deck. And I, I only found that out now. I had no idea. I just was sort of drawn to the imagery. And, and certainly there might be some things that remind me a little bit of the Toth deck, but not really. But he evidently, you know, thought about the, the deck in that way. And I thought that was really fascinating. So one way you can often find out, I think almost most of the books that I've looked at that come with the deck will say something about the creator. And in fact, I really encourage you to look for that because you really find out some fascinating, juicy things about the creator that will also make you feel maybe a kinship to them or maybe even a reversion revulsion to them, whatever it is, but it will give you a sense of, you know, these people that, uh, or person that created the deck. And if you feel like you, you vibe with that. Um, I also think a really good tarot deck teaches you about life and it should have enough depth in it that it can teach you all kinds of things about life. And again, perhaps to me, it's, it's the, the decks that correlate to the Kabbalah because the Kabbalah is so deep and rich and fascinating. But still, there are some other ones I, I would say sort of have taught me things too, more on a broader level. And, and there is a sense of depth in the cards, which they can still look really playful, by the way, but that they're not kind of silly, you know. And by the way, there are some silly decks I will buy just to buy, but I would not use them as a tarot deck. <laughs> you know, I, I collect too, so I have some odd things I've collected over the years. Um, I would also say that um, it should reflect a theme of consciousness in it or uh, unconsciousness in it or subconsciousness in it and that they are actually well made. Now that comes down to perhaps going back to that question of how, uh, what are you gonna use the deck for? And if you're going to use a deck on a regular basis, if they're not well made, um, it can be a little frustrating. Like if it's very thin stock, the paper, um, you want something that's you know well made and, and, and sort of well uh, presented, I would say overall. And, and, and most decks are, so you're only gonna find that now and then there's some that are a little flimsy overall. 
Another thing a great deck has is it, it has a balance of energies. It has a balance of male-female energies, of what you might call sort of dramatic, darker images and brighter images. Again, this is a reflection of what life is like. And there have been uh, decks that have come out that have really tried to sugarcoat and take out anything that looks a little bit scary and, and make it really friendly and nice. And, and I don't quite get why that happens because you can you can buy an oracle deck and you can it's perfectly fine that's all really friendly and gives you positive messages but why would you you know sort of betray the tarot that way because it was uh you know that the initial um uh, death card looks very grim in, in one of the earlier decks so you know they weren't afraid of that those topics in a sense uh, so stay away from those ones that try to sugarcoat the, the tarot. I would say that's not a good idea. A really good tarot deck has a balance of male-female energies. And I would even say there have been some feminist decks that come out. And even though I appreciate what they were doing uh, and I liked some of the ideas, I never was really drawn to them because I really wanted the integration of the energies. I don't really want to just focus on one. And that's just because of, you know, me, but I think it's also important that uh, a tarot deck itself has that in it if you're going to use it in the way of the tarot, because I, I think the original design really did include that. And it, it to me, sometimes I, I think that innovation is great with the tarot. And I also think there's room to create another kind of deck completely. I don't know what you'd call it, but I've often wondered if there's something more that could come once you reach the the end of the the fool's journey and creating a whole different deck now that would be an amazing project if, if it's even possible but i don't think anyone has certainly published anything like that there may be somebody working on it right now as we speak um i would also stay away from any decks that put long meanings of of the cards on it now certainly there are many decks that will have like one word Alistair Crowley's decks have that. Even that is a little bit of trickery. You have to be careful. But they're ones that literally put a description of what the card means. There's two reasons why I do not suggest those cards. One is there is no consensus on the meaning of the cards. You All you have to do is read some of the different tarot books and you'll find out there is no consensus too. I have more confidence that you don't need a tricycle. You don't need that you know, babying down again, that that you can remember these things, you can find a way to look at the symbols. The, the cards were definitely designed with symbolism in mind, and it really takes away from that. So I would say stay away from that. Even kids, you know, I think kids should see the real thing, you know, so don't, don't feel like you're, you know, you can't memorize things, you, you actually shouldn't have to anyway, but, but you don't need that. And I think it's somewhat, um, insulting and patronizing to to the people buying the decks personally um so that, that's those are some of the the qualities of, of really good decks some of the way i would approach uh choosing a deck obviously if you can actually get a deck and hold it um which is why it's good sometimes to go into stores i i know that we buy a lot online and sometimes there are things that are um, not available in stores but there is something about seeing the artwork for yourself and shuffling the cards and holding it. Um, even if you can only get a couple of the cards, sometimes they, there's sample decks in stores or they just have a couple of the cards. Sometimes it helps to actually see the actual deck if you can possibly see it. Now, um, 
Mike, I do have, I realize, I, I thought I'd gotten to the point where I couldn't recommend anything but Alistair Crowley's deck. Much to some of my pleasant surprise, there are quite a few decks I can heartily recommend. All of them, except one, I think, or two, I've actually read with. And so these are my current recommendations, and they are examples of the different types of decks that I was talking about. And I'm going to start off so with the different sort of you know, schools or intentions. So I'm going to start out with uh, a particular Marseille deck. It's the CBD Tarot de Marseille by Dr. Yov Bendov. I'm going to hold up one card, the Eight of Cups, to show you. I know that some of you are listening, and basically in this Eight of Cups, in all the Marseille decks, there, there are no pictures in the pip cards. And uh, these are just beautiful cups. Uh, I particularly like this version of the Marseille deck, which was basically... Um, designed from a combination of CBD Terra Marseilles, and and it took a little time to do it. So it's very, it's based on the the older decks, but it's nicely done. And I haven't read with it, but I certainly would. And I love the book that that goes with it. It's a completely different system. Um, one of the things I do like about there's a couple of decks I have where the uh, the pip or the minor cards are also called. They don't have pictures on them. That that came um, you know later, but but not too much later. Some people think it was Pamela Colvin Smith that started it, but was actually uh, the designs were also on the Sola Buscatera, which is a 15th century deck. And so sometimes if you feel you're maybe um, reading the, the minor cards too literally, or you're just kind of tired, what I would do is just get a deck that has no pictures in in the actual minor cards, and you get a break from that, and you'll notice that you won't necessarily negatively interpret an image that looks dark. And, and that does happen sometimes with people, and I don't think it's a great habit to get into. So there's some other decks I'll show you that that have that. So this one I would recommend, or something like that, I think it'd be fine to read with. Of course, we have the I'm not going to show you these, the Wait Smith. There's so many versions of it, um, and I, I really don't have a recommendation for that, but I, I would say it might be good to find one that is similar to the original coloring, but I don't know if that really matters unless you're doing the Kabbalistic um, associations with the cards, then it would matter the coloration of the deck. And then, of course, Alistair Crawley and Lady Frida Harris's beautiful deck, the Toss deck, which is my primary deck, and I am quite devoted to that. That, again, is... Um, for people interested in more of the esoteric side, but also it, it in combines, you know, Kabbalah, uh, astrology, particularly in the minor cards, um, I Ching. And so it's like a rich of, of metaphysical information. And you can just learn forever with that deck. And, and the images are, are really beautiful. And there's different sizes of the Toth deck. I usually recommend the bigger size because you can see all the details. But if you're reading at little tiny tables, <laughs> you might find it's hard to actually do any readings if you have like a long, a large uh, layout like I do, a 19 card layout. But it's also certainly uh, one of my absolute top decks, even though I'm not supposed to be doing that in this show. And then... Uh, what, what surprised me was, now this didn't surprise me, is that my very first deck I read with was the Robin Wood Tarot. And here is the Knight of Cups from that deck. And for those of you who can't see it, I, I would sort of recommend looking uh, for an image on Google. But it's got, a, it's a very like colorful and it's got a lot of detail in it. And, and I just love, the colors are particularly really pretty blues and turquoise and greens. And there's a lot of movement with the water. 
um, I, I was really just getting on, on a pagan path. And so I really wanted a pagan style deck and it really basically connects to the weight style deck. And I loved, I personally loved the imagery and I read for, with that for many, many years and I still recommend it. Michael and I actually met Robin Wood too. And, and, and she just was a lovely person. You, you know, I think she has a, a website. You can also get prints of the card. So I totally recommend that if that, that style of deck, if, if it's a spiritual tradition of yours, you're pagan or you want something more, it's also got a lot of nature in it, um, but it still really connects into that weight uh, style deck. And uh, as I said, the reason for that is the more you stay true to the lineage, the more you you get you literally get like what I would say secret information. <laughs> I've learned things. I think I feel like the teacher speaks through the lineage, and and I feel like it's taken me years to sort of get to that point. Some people probably in a couple years will have that happen, but but I was you know I was really ignorant of a lot of the different things connected to Western mystery schools and things, which I'm not so much anymore. But I would say that's, again, the reasoning behind it. Um, another Now, some of the more modern decks that are that really have changed some of the imagery or um, before we get to that, there is one more deck I use, but unfortunately it's out of print that is based on Celtic mythology. And this one is the um, Courtney Davis Tarot. Uh, did I write down who else did it? There's another, um, Helena, Helena Patterson wrote, I think the book and Courtney Davis does this amazing Celtic knot work and it's gorgeous. And uh, it's another one of the decks where the Pip or minor cards have no imagery in it. So because of my own Irish connection, I used to take it out for special occasions. I would use it for myself. I would use it as a break from from seeing the the images, all the pictures so much. And it's just beautiful in terms of um, when you lay it out. And that, I missed a point earlier, when you buy a deck, if you're going to be doing any kind of readings, I would suggest that you take a deck that has consistent artwork, including the coloring. So for instance, there are some decks uh, that, I think there's one that's well known that mix black and white and color. And I find that's disruptive uh, for me. I'd, I'd rather it all be color actually for me that there are some black and white decks that are actually quite gorgeous, but I like the color because you're you're trying to create uh, a pattern and it, it, it sort of brings out an aura when you lay it all out. So again, it's sort of how it all flows together. And I think, you know, stay, stay away at least initially from decks that have a mix of black and white and color. I found it very confusing, at least if you're going to be using it to do predictive work. Uh, might be okay for meditation, uh, depending on how you, you, if you meditate only on certain cards. Um, so the, the, there were two decks that are more modern, um, though, let's see, when was, um, that I've actually bought and one I've used, the, the Handle deck, which is really, um, I learned a lot about this deck so much so preparing for the show that I didn't know about that I might even do a show just on this deck. And I remember when I bought it, I really uh, love the fact that the handle deck changes the court card significantly and reflects this whole different um, religious groups like Egyptian, Native American, um, some from the goddess mythology. And so doesn't do it with with the whole deck, um, but it definitely does. Like the the minor cards are also not really; they don't have stories. It's just stones, I think, and 
uh, cups and and the the regular other two. But I, I love that idea. And then like the Toth deck, it has in in the 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 cards. The Trump cards have a Hebrew letter astrology association and an innovation which is a rune symbol so here is for those of you watching here is the star card and again it's the handle deck and you can find these pretty easily in terms of images if you google it uh so the runes were uh, an innovation according to what i read and if you are fans of rachel pollock it also comes with two books where rachel pollock was asked to um make commentary on this particular deck and, uh, and some of the information in that, that book, I, I don't always like Rachel Pollock's interpretation of the cards, but she always has some interesting information that's more mythological or history. And she is a, a good, solid writer, so you won't be sort of bogged down by that. So I can recommend it for that reason. But what's interesting and what I, I discovered was that he uh, was... He, he, when he made that deck, first of all, I didn't realize he was a, a, a painter and he was older. And uh, I think I mentioned he had consulted Crowley, which I loved and I had no idea. And uh, I think that he made it sort of later in his life. And almost all of the decks that I talk, I'm talking about today, by the way, they all took a long time to make, anywhere from five to 11 years. And I think that is you can, there's something uh, telling about that. And, and again, the weight deck was not that way because I know Pamela Coleman Smith kind of did those paintings really quickly, uh, though she was an artist. And, and so all of the decks also that I seem to be drawn to in general, um, at least uh, the more modern ones, they were all created either with a, a real artist or by an artist that has uh, a metaphysical bent to them. So I thought that was kind of interesting overall. Uh, and like I said, I think I might just do a show on handle because I, I know we're going to be running out of time pretty soon. And then the the last deck I was going to recommend was something I bought. I don't remember how I found out about it. It's called the Mary L. Tarot, and it came out in 2012. And it was created by uh, Mar Marie White, and she's still alive. You can see her on her, her Facebook page. It's very non-traditional, the imagery, but she, again, it took her 11 years and she did oil paintings um, and she published it with a companion book called The Landscapes of the Abyss. And uh, it, it gives, um, according to the, the, the book that comes with it, she studied like the Marseille deck, the Toth deck, and the Rider Waite deck. And it also has gorgeous, gorgeous imagery. So here's uh, the Two of Discs, which is just an amazing looking card. Um, I think I'm not sure I could read with it at this point, but I think you could read with it because there's a richness of the colors and the archetypes and it's just very well made. Um, each card, by the way, there are some decks where for whatever reason, the artist spent a lot of time with the major arcana and then they just didn't do much with the minor arcana. Going back to the idea, try to find a deck that is coherent and consistent. Uh, one of the reasons I generally don't like decks that are compilations by a variety of artists, because uh, some artists might be better than others. And also it has, again, an abrupt kind of feeling to me. So that that's maybe my own preference overall. But I think it, again, the idea that you want something that creates a pattern that looks flowing together would be important in using the deck either for self-development or for prediction. Uh, again, collectors can collect anything they want. And also, by the way, the, the game of tarot is still played today. So pretty much any deck 
would go for that as long as it has the 78 cards and 22 trumps. And there are, I say that because there are some decks that have added uh, to the tarot so that they've added more trump cards. And again, I, I think that's just too far off. It's not a tarot deck and you couldn't even use it in the game of tarot. So that I think I've made my point that way. Uh, so these are, you know, basically my recommendations now. I think they, it might change over time. I also would recommend when you get your deck, please just use the one deck for at least a year and don't go back and forth in decks. Try to go deep with the symbolism. Uh, it's going to give you more information because remember, the tarot is a symbolic language. And in order for you to get the most out of it, you're going to want to spend time gazing at it and looking at its imagery. Uh, and you're not gonna be able to do that as much if you're constantly changing your, your decks around and um, mixing it up too much. I again. Perhaps that's good for someone that's super logical and you need to like put in a whole bunch of decks so that you just sort of break out. Uh, for me, I'm the opposite. I have too much imagery in my head. I need something that will allow me to focus on it. So that's my general advice at this point about how you can go about choosing a deck that will you know suit your needs. And certainly I, I recommend you can have more than one deck. It's certainly I do, even if you spend time with only one deck. So I hope that helps you if you are looking to either get a new deck or you've, you haven't bought a deck yet. I hope that helps you in choosing a deck wisely for yourself. Uh, thank you for listening in. Join us next time in September as we continue to explore the esoteric and the obscure together. Have a wonderful summer.